am so glad to be with you all today. Uh, man, I just can tell you what, we at Anaheim are just like so pumped about what God is doing here in Ventura. And we cannot, we, like I, when, I, when, I was, when I realized I was on the schedule to preach, I'm like, I cannot believe I get to be with our family up north. This is awesome. And uh, man, I'm just so, so pleased to, to be with you guys today. And uh, just to let you guys know, I'm, a, I'm the young adults pastor in our Anaheim campus and one of the teaching pastors. And uh, man, I, uh, I, you know, I just celebrated my two-year anniversary of moving to California from Missouri. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I know our band is from like Arkansas or something. That's pretty cool. So we're like, you know, you know, Midwest people over here. So that's pretty cool. Um, but I'm still like, I'm still trying to figure out like how to be a good Californian though. I'm still trying to like, because not everything translates. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. For those of you who've only ever lived in Southern California, God bless. Um, that's awesome. Uh, but like, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing my best to like acclimate to everything. You know, like for instance, I've begun to complain when it's not perfect weather. You know, I just immediately, I'm just like, I'm like apologizing for everybody on behalf. I'm like, sorry about the weather. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, it's not perfect today. That's, uh, that's kind of a thing. You know, I immediately begin to, like, if it's below 60 degrees, I act like it's a blizzard outside. I'm like, I tell my wife, I'm like, we can't go outside today. This is, this is too much, you know. Um, and I've also, I've also started to, like, give overly detailed instructions to anyone when they ask how to get places. Do you guys know that we do this as Californians? Like we, uh, I, like anytime, like I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm like bad with directions. And like I'm like not a great, like I can't, can't remember things like off the top. I don't have like a great, great recall right there. So people will tell me, like, hey, where's that thing at? They're like, oh, it's really close. Just go and take this straight, take the 91 to the 405. And, and I'm like, I'm not taking notes. I don't know what you're thinking I'm doing. Um, I'm going to put this in my GPS uh, in a second, right, as we get done with this conversation. Um, but, uh, and I've also, the last thing I've, I've like tried to do to kind of acclimate to California is I've stopped calling California Cali. Um, so you're welcome everyone, uh, about that. But like I said, I, uh, I lived, I moved here from Missouri and I, uh, me and my family have lived in Missouri the last 15 years, but I'm not originally from Missouri. I was actually born and raised in Manila, Philippines. And, uh, it's pretty crazy. I know I look Filipino, you know, um. But uh, I, uh, how many, do we have any Filipinos in the house? That's what I'm talking about. My people, come on, let's get ponced after this. This is awesome. You know, my, my, uh, both my, you know, I grew up in the Philippines, but both sets of my grandparents actually went to the Philippines uh, in the 1950s and the 1960s to be missionaries. And so my, both my parents grew up uh, on the mission field in the Philippines and that's where I grew up, and that's where all my, all my cousins and aunts and uncles are still there and uh, leading churches there. And so, uh, man, I, I remember uh, when we moved to, the, to Springfield, Missouri, where I lived, uh, we moved from the, the seventh largest city in the world to the third largest city in Missouri. So that was kind of a, that was kind of a shock for me. Um, but uh, that's just to let you know a little bit about myself. The other thing I'm going to let you know about is I, I, I just, I'm celebrating like a year and a half of marriage. You know, like I'm almost coming up on my two-year anniversary of marriage, yeah? I have a picture of my wife, and I know what you're thinking. You're looking at her, and you're looking at me, and you're thinking, does he have money? Or like what's, like how, how did that work? Um, listen, this is proof that God is real. This is God is real. Uh, it's, it's amazing. And uh, it's, it's another pretty cool thing uh, we kind of have this new addition to our lives. Uh, we got a puppy recently, the two weeks ago. So this is a picture of our puppy. Her name's Junie. So 
things are getting pretty serious between me and my wife now. Uh, you know, we have a puppy together. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Like, I've never had a pet before. Um, have you guys never had pet, like, not pet people? Like, I've not been a pet person my whole life, but now I am. And I'm just, like, embracing the whole dog-dad thing. Um, like, I'm showing people the dog all the time. Um, like, I didn't think, I didn't know about all the stuff with the dog. Are you guys familiar with this? Like, you have to get up in the middle of the night and let the dog out. This was news to me. Um, I felt like it was a bait and switch. Um, but then, you know, like we celebrate every time we get home and there's no accidents, which, which I didn't think was something to celebrate. But now I guess that's our baseline. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. You know, we're in a series right now called Jesus, Hope for Humanity. And uh, it's a study through the Gospel of John. And I love the title of this series, Jesus, Hope for Humanity, because I really do believe if you read the account of Jesus and you look through his life and you get to see some of the things that Jesus interacted with, and I really do think that some of the things that Jesus has experienced through the people there, um, he offers us hope. He offers us such incredible hope. And, he, and through some of his teachings, we get to see some of these like inherent things that all of us go through that maybe we don't even realize that we all go through. And I think, I think today, I'm, I'm so excited to talk about uh, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 9, because I really do think if we, get this, if we get this idea as Christ followers, if we get what Jesus is talking about in this story, then this will be foundational for us. This will be foundational for you as a Christ follower. And in this passage, we have Jesus. He's talking to a big crowd of people, and he uses this parable. He uses kind of this, this story to illustrate this major truth about the kingdom of God. And it says this in, in John chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 9. We have it up on the screens with you to read. He says this, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But anyone who enters through the gate is, a shepherd, uh, is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice, and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he's gathered his own flock, he walks with them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they do not know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. And so he explained it to them. I'm so glad that there were like people like me back in Bible times when like, because if like, have you ever, have you ever like heard something that someone's like explained and you're just kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you have like, I have no idea what he just meant right there. And this is like some of the people are like, Jesus, we don't understand it. So Jesus is nice enough for like people like me. He's just like, okay, let me explain it for them. He says, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. And they will come and go freely and find good pastures. I have a question for you as we get started today. Have you ever uh, seen anybody's Facebook hacked? You guys ever seen that? Like, have you ever seen the post, like, on Facebook, like, hey, don't accept a friend request from me? It's usually, like, you know, people my parents' age and grandparents' age. I don't know why it happens. Uh, but uh, it, it, always, there's always something that happens. Like, it, I see this, like, every couple weeks. Like, some of my friends are just like, hey, I've been hacked. Don't click on anything from me. And uh, what happens is someone kind of takes the identity and steals the identity of, of someone, they take their name, they take their, their profile picture, 
and then they, they message you and they try to get you to click on something or they try to get you to, to give money to something or they just try to take advantage of you in some way. And, uh, you know, one, one time, uh, you know, it, wasn't, it hit close to home, it happened to my dad. And so all of a sudden, I get a, I get a Facebook message from my dad. And this Facebook message was very interesting, you know, and this is, this is how, uh, you know, I, I started to feel like there was something fishy going on, mainly because right underneath my dad's, uh, you know, picture, it said sent from Nigeria. Um, so just, just so you know, my dad is not, he does not live in Nigeria. And so I'm like, let's, let's kind of, let's see what's going on here, you know, what's, what's happening. And so this is what my dad sends me. He says, may God be with you. Rob, I saw your name on the IMF program list to get $150,000. Have the agent contact you. And then I said, hey, I'm all about free money. And then he says, I received cash of $150,000 from this IMF program with no payback. And I thought you would have heard about it, but it's not too late, though. It only cost $2,000 to apply. And I'm like... At this point, I'm like, this is, this is amazing. I've hit the lottery. This is awesome for him. And so I said, man, that's a great deal. But also, I'm, I'm a little skeptical, so I kind of like play a game a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, I'm like, so how are you doing, Eddie? How's life been? It's been a while since we talked. And he, and he said this, yes, it's just about the IMF program. He didn't want to, like, have any small talk with this. You know, he's on a mission. Uh, and then, then, I didn't, then I didn't respond for a second. Then he immediately replies, have been so busy with the program. How did you get the name on the list? Rob, why can't you contact the agent for your money? You have been so blessed with the IMF program. Rob, are you there? And it was at this point where I'm like, okay, I think I figured out all I need to figure out here. Um, and I think I can figure out that the person uh, who said he was my dad wasn't actually my dad talking to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and I could, I, I knew this for a couple reasons. When my dad never starts a conversation with, may God be with you. You know, like my dad's a pastor. Like he's like my, he's like my spiritual hero. But he's also like a normal dude. So he's not, he doesn't start conversations with, may God be with you, son. So I knew. I'm like, that doesn't sound like him. That doesn't sound like him at all. Um, and also, like I, I, I could tell, I could tell like, you know, I, I know where my dad lives. He doesn't live in Nigeria. He lives in Missouri. You know, and I, I know how my dad talks. You know, he doesn't, he, like, there's a lot of grammatical errors, and there, he, like, my dad's not going to tell me about an opportunity like this over Facebook, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I kind of I could tell what was going on here. And when I read this passage in John chapter 10, I immediately thought of this story. Because in this story, Jesus, he's telling us that there are other voices in this life. There are other voices that are coming into your pen that are trying to steal and kill and destroy. There are robbers and thieves that are coming in and they're trying to steal your sanity. They're trying to steal your well-being. They're trying to steal your joy. And they're trying to steal the attention of your heart. But Jesus says, if you look to him as the gate, if you look, if you look to everything that it goes through Jesus first, he will bring you salvation. He will, be, he will bring you something that you'll want to be at. He will bring life. He'll bring purpose to you. He will bring you this, this satisfying life, and this, this, you know, this sanity and well-being. But you have to go through the gate. You have to go through his gate. And, I, and Jesus is so, he's so brilliant. He colorfully points out 
uh, for us this, this, you know, this exclusive nature of salvation by saying he is the gate. He's like, it's not a gate. It's like, I'm not one of the gates. I'm the gate. And furthermore, Jesus is not only our shepherd that leads us into a, a sheepfold, the family of God. He is the only gate by which we may enter to receive salvation. He's the only one we can go to. That there are other things that pop up in our lives, there are other voices that come up in our lives that say, you know, we have this, we have this kind of inner desire for something more, and then something pops up and it says, hey, I can feel that. Something pops up right here and it's like, oh, you, you think this? Let's come with me. Come with me, listen to my voice. Come over here. And Jesus is in here and saying, listen, listen, listen. If you want the good stuff, if you want this like living water that like flows outside of you, if you want, if you want salvation, if you want purpose, if you want meaning, you got to go through my gate. You got to go through my gate. You know, this is the crux of the Christian faith. You know, there's, there's no other way to fix the ultimate problem that we all have. And the ultimate problem is that we have this sin and this separation from God. And we all have this problem of death that's coming. But we need saving. And there's no one else who can do it except Jesus. And today, if you're in here and you haven't done that, I, I just want to encourage you just to try it out. Maybe you've heard a couple other voices in your life and you've gone with them and I, maybe it hasn't worked out so much for you. And I just want to encourage you today, what do you have to lose? I want to, this could be the most important decision you could ever make in your life. But for those of you who are in here who are Christians, who say, like, I'm on Team Jesus. Like, I, I'm in a relationship with God. You know, maybe, maybe you're in here right now and you're thinking, I'm a Christian. But when I read that part of the verse when Jesus says, like, Man, the sheep know my voice. Like they hear me and they, and they follow me and they obey me. And you could be in here and you could be like, I've been a Christian for a while, but I don't know if I actually am good at hearing God's voice in my life. I don't know if I, I could be able to determine like what's God or what's like that Taco Bell from last night. You know, like I, I, what, what's the difference here? Like I don't, and maybe you're in here and you're like, man, I don't know the last time I've heard from God. And I'm not talking about this like audible voice, but I'm talking about like when you feel like the Holy Spirit nudging you to, to make a decision or go out and step out in faith or do something. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I have been desperate for God to speak to me. Like I've, I've been desperate for God to just show up in my life and just like help me to make a big decision. Help me. I always prayed. I'm like, God, would you, would you like help me to make this big decision about something of... You know, I'm like, God, could you just like, and I would like give God parameters and how he would speak to me. Have you guys ever done that? I'd be like, God, I pray that, you know, you know, I have this big job. Should I take this job or not? I don't know. I pray that you would have manna fall from heaven into the shapes of letters and to then spell out the company that I'm supposed to work for. And that's when I'll know if I need to do this. You know, have you ever done that? Like I do, I feel like I do that all the time with God. And, and God, he's, he's, I just, I'm like, some, I just want God to speak to me. I want him to help me make the decision. You know, and even if you're not super religious here in the room today, um, I want to, I, I feel like I want to pose a question to you. You know, if, if God was real, just, just the presupposition that, that God is real and he knew everything and he created everything, wouldn't you want him to speak to you? Like, wouldn't you want him to like come in and help you make these really tough decisions in life? Wouldn't you want him to come in and just like help you, guide you throughout your day? And this is the question that I, 
that I, I, I wondered. I'm like, God, you know, I grew up in church and, and people would talk about hearing from God and stuff like that. I'm like, what does that mean really? Like, how do I do that? I want that. And if you're in church today, the, the reality is you probably want that too, unless someone just dragged you against your will. And if that's you, I'm glad you're here too. There's donuts outside. It's awesome. You know, some of us, we, we think that God is just like this far off mystical being that is so far and high above us that, that it really doesn't have, you know, he wouldn't have anything to do with me. Like, I'm so lowly. Like, why would it, this ultimate God of the universe want to come, to come talk to me? Like, he, he would never do that. Or you assume that, like, some people can hear from God. You know, you look at someone like Pastor Matt, who's usually here, or like the band that's here that was like clearly, you know, connecting with God. You're like, man, they've got it. Pastor Matt's got it, but I, that's just good for them. That's just different for me. Like, I don't think I can do that in that way. Or maybe, maybe you're like, you know, I, it just works for some people. It works for my dad. It doesn't work for me. But the reality is the truth of the matter, and something I just want to remind you guys today, is that God is longing to be close to you. God is longing to speak to you. He's calling your name. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to find the salvation that will give you purpose and meaning. He wants this for you. And, you know, this, this is what separates Christianity apart from any other religion in the world. Many other religions have their God as this unattainable being. And you, if you work really hard, if you, like, you know, if you do everything it tells you to do, then maybe, just maybe, you can get to a point where you can get to God. But what's, what's unusual about Christianity, and this is so beautiful about Christianity, is that God says, listen, there's nothing you can do to, to get to me. I'm going to come, come, I'm going to come, and I'm going to get to you. And when, he, when we begin a relationship with Jesus, when we, when we accept what he, Christ did for us on the cross, and we turn from our sins, and we believe him, then, then something amazing happens. And, and Christ, he, he adopts us. And he doesn't adopt us as subjects. He adopts us. And it, the Bible calls us family. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, See how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that God's children because they don't know him. He doesn't look at you this morning and see just this lowly subject. He looks at you and he says, that's my girl. That's my boy. That's my son. That's my daughter. And he wants to speak to you. He created you. So the question today is how do you do it? How do you put yourself in a position to hear from God? How do you, how do you hear his voice in this sheep pen among all the other voices that are around here? How do you determine if this is the thief, a robber, or the, the gate, the good shepherd. And so this morning, I want to give you a couple ways that I think if we do this, we can position ourselves to hear from God on a, on a daily basis in our lives. The first thing I want to let you guys know about is uh, I, want to talk, I want to talk about the secret sauce, you know, like the secret sauce of hearing God's word. You know, uh, you guys remember, um, you know, Space Jam, when the Looney Tunes like drank this Mike's secret stuff. And it made them play super good, you know. Like everybody wants to find like the, the, like the shortcut for like, you know, I got I to gotta find the secret sauce. Got a shortcut, fast track this thing. It's going to be awesome. You know, and I love superhero movies. How many of you guys love superhero movies? Yeah, I'm just devastated with this whole Spider-Man, Sony thing. Um, 
But uh, I, I love superhero movies, and I, I, love, I love superhero movies because it takes some of my favorite actors and, like, who may be, like, kind of out of shape, and then if they get, like, cast for this role, they could just get, like, jacked, you know? They just get ripped toward out of their minds, you know? And it's, I just, I think it's so interesting because I, I think a lot of us in here, like, especially, like, the guys, I don't know, like, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I, I think of, like, man, if, if he can do it, maybe I could do it, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe I could be, look like Captain America, I could look like Thor. It would be awesome. But, you know, I, I love, and I think, like, all of America is, like, obsessed with, like, these transformations, like, these body transformations, you know what I'm saying? Like, when Chris Pratt, like, got ripped to play the superhero, everyone's just like, this is unbelievable. You used to be fat, now you're ripped. It's awesome. Um, and I remember um, everyone, like, asks the same questions to these guys of, like, how they, how they did. And I remember I was listening to an interview with Jake Gyllenhaal when he was playing this boxer for this movie Southpaw. And, the, and these guys in this interview were like, were like, man, Jake, how, how'd you do it, man? How'd you get so ripped? Like, how'd you, how'd, how did you do this? And then Jake Gyllenhaal, he, he kind of he stopped and he said, you know, I get this question a lot. Like, you know, people, they always want to know, like, the secret to what, like, getting in shape is all about. They want to know the secret sauce. But he, but he said this, he goes, it was the same for me as it is for everybody else. I work out. And I watch what I eat. And then, like, the, like the interviewer's like, no, 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 but, like, do you, like, do intermittent fasting? Like, are you, like, doing, like, some sort of, like, keto diet? Like, what do you, like, what do you do? Is it, like, I want to find something we can, like, you know, shortcut so we can, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he's just like, no, 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 I just, like, I, I like, work out a lot and, like, I don't eat anything. And they're, but there's like, no, 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 but, but really, you know, what is it, you know? And I think this is true for hearing God. You know, we want to know the secret sauce. We want to know, like, the shortcut to be like, okay, okay. Like, okay, what do we do from here, God? Okay, what, we, what do we really do? It's like a fat, can we fast track this? We're like busy people. We want to get this going. And we want to hear how easy it is. We want the shortcut. But often it's the most basic thing that trips us up. And one of, one of the most basic things that we can do to position ourselves to be a people who hear from God on a regular basis is to develop spiritual disciplines. It's not like a big sexy word. Um, but spiritual disciplines, I, listen, just, I don't love the word discipline, you know, it makes me think of a salad, and I, but really, discipline, I want, this is what discipline is, discipline to train yourself to do something by controlling your behavior, so what does a spiritual discipline mean? You know, one of, one of the great theologians, Dallas Willard, he said, he said this, he said an about spiritual disciplines. This is what he said about spiritual disciplines. He said, an activity within our power, something we can do, which brings us to a point where we can do, or we, or we can do what we at present cannot do by direct effort. That's a, that's a you know, I, can, I get confused reading that sometimes. This is an easier version of it. A spiritual discipline is doing something that we can control, to get an outcome that we cannot control. You know you can't just be like ripped if you just say, I want to be ripped. <laughs> Do you know that? I've tried. It doesn't work. Like you actually can't control like what your body does just by like thinking it and feeling it. But what you can control is the disciplines that you set up in your life. And if you eat well and you work out regularly, then all of a sudden the thing that you can't control will start to happen. And this is the same thing with spiritual disciplines. 
And if you really want to put yourself in a position to hear from God on a regular basis, if you want to be able to discern his voice above every other voice out there, you need to do a couple things. The first thing you need to do is you need to read God's word. And that's like the most basic thing, of course, like the pastor would say, like, read the Bible, right? But honestly, the Bible is the history of God communicating with people. You know, this is how God has spoken to us and how we've responded back to him. And it's here, it's through the Bible that you get to kind of hear, like, at the heart of God. And you get to know about who God is. And you'll be able to, to decipher, like, okay, this is kind of what, this is how God works. This is what God does. In Romans 10, 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The second thing you can do is you can commit yourself to prayer. You know, how, how awesome is it that, that prayer is us commuting with the creator of the universe? Like, this is, this is something that, like, I grew up in church, and I've heard read your Bible and pray all the time. And then sometimes I think I can be so numb to the idea that I actually get, like, a personal connection with God. I, I don't have to go through anybody else. I can just go straight to him. You know, this, this, is, just, this is just amazing. You know, I thought when I moved to California, I'd be able to I'd see a lot more famous people. Um, you know, I, I saw Ren from Even Stevens at a Trader Joe's um, Disney Channel show from, like, early 2000s, uh, for those of you who don't know. And I free, about freaked out. Um, but, like, can you imagine, like, you're, like, who's, like, your most famous person that you just, like, oh, I love this person. If he's in that movie, I'm seeing it. Oh, if she's singing that song, I'm listening to it. You know, like, who, can you imagine, like, having a direct line to, to who they are? You know, if I, had, if I had Tom Brady's phone number, I would call him all the time. You know, like I, like, I would, like, I would just, I would wear that out. But here's the thing. We have access to God. We have access to the creator of the universe. And sometimes I can get so, like, I can get so in my head of, like, oh, yeah, I need to pray today that I forget that, no, I, I can talk to the God of the universe. You know, it's just, it's one of those things that, like, man, if I want to connect with God, if I want to hear his voice, then I got to do it his way. I want to I wanna spend time with him. I want to I be still for a moment. And I want to see what God is saying. The third spiritual discipline that you, you need to do if you want to hear from God on a regular basis is you need to jump in and get involved with Christian community. You know, one of, one of the things that I, I love, just, just by the way, you're doing that right now, so kudos to you. Like, that's step one. That's amazing. But what, you know what's really important? You know, it's so important to show up here on a Sunday morning and sitting in rows is, I think, is, is one of the greatest spiritual, spiritual disciplines you can do. But even greater spiritual discipline is when you move out of a row and into a circle and you get involved with a growth group. I can't tell you how many times in my life that my spiritual growth have, has skyrocketed exponentially because I got out of a pew and into a group. And I was able to discuss, like, what was really going on in my life. I was able to discuss, uh, you know, what the questions that I had about God. You know, the, the, the things that I wondered. You know, stuff that you would be, like, too afraid or be too weird if you, like, raise your hand right now and ask. Like, these are the things that you can discuss in a growth group. And I love that we're a part of a church that makes that a big deal. And so you pro I think you have some growth group stuff coming up. And so I want to encourage you, get involved in a growth group today. That's why they're so awesome. You know, another thing that is so great about being a part of a group is when, you know, it, it, 
when you, when you feel like your prayer life and you're reading your Bible is kind of like weighing a little bit, when you're part of a group, it's like accountability. It's like people who are being like, you're like hey, man, how, let, me, let me encourage you today. Let me push you today. I, I can tell you, I, I would not be the man I am today if it were not for the people in my community who said, Rob, come on, I know you can do it. Who believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Who saw something in me that what God was doing in my, that I couldn't see myself. And you can't discover your purpose in isolation. You can't discover who God made you to be and the gifts and abilities to put inside of you by yourself. That's why getting in and volunteering and joining a growth group is so, so important. And I'm telling you, if you commit to these spiritual disciplines, you will really position yourself to hear from God. And the second thing I want to tell you, if you want to hear from God, is you need to drown out the noise. You need to drown out the noise. You know, half a century ago, there was a doctor named Dr. Alfred Tomates. And he was, you know, confronted with one of the strangest cases of his 50 years as an ear, nose, and throat doctor. You know, there was this renowned opera singer who mysteriously lost his ability to hit certain notes, even though those notes were well within his vocal range. You know, he had been to other specialists, and all, all the other specialists thought there was a vocal problem here. Like, you, the problem with you for not hitting those notes is because there's something wrong with your voice. But Dr. Tomates thought otherwise. So after testing this opera singer, he found that the singer was producing 140 decibel sound wave when he was singing. Just to put this in context, that's louder than a military jet taking off from an aircraft carrier. That's, and that's, that's 130 decibels. What this opera singer was producing was 140 decibels. Can you imagine? So Dr. Tomates discovered that this opera singer had been deafened by the sound of his own voice. Because he couldn't hear the note. He couldn't, he, he couldn't hit the note. Dr. Tomates said, you can, you can only produce what the ear can hear. You know, the French Academy of Medicine dubbed this the Tomates effect. And I think the ramifications of this go way beyond the opera. And here's my theory. We all have problems. We have relational problems. We have emotional problems. We have spiritual problems. And it's in times like this, if you're like me, when you're like at your wit's end, when you're at a place, you're like, God, I don't know what to do. God, speak to me. God, are you there? God, I need your help right now. God, why aren't you saying anything? We, we ask God to show up in our lives, but too often in our lives we have spiritual tomates. Our ears have been deafened to the voice of God in our lives by our own voice. And some of you in here, you know, you need to start these spiritual disciplines. With others of you in here, maybe you've been doing some of these spiritual disciplines for a while and you're not seeing any results. Maybe you're like, I, I just don't know if I hear God. Like I've been reading, I've been... You know, I've been, you know, praying, I've been, you know, volunteering and stuff, but I, I just don't know if I, I hear God. You know, when we try to, 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 to hear the voice of God, if we have so many other voices in our heads vying for our attention always, you're never going to be able to hear him clearly. And we get deafened by a symphony of competing voices in our lives. You know, we may try some spiritual disciplines, but when it's not working fast enough, you know, we, we start to listen to other voices. 
You know, we get deafened by the voice that's inside of us. Maybe the voice of insecurity speaks up and it's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't step out in faith. You can't go there. And you start listening to this voice. You start going to where this voice tells you to go. Or maybe, maybe you get deafened by the voice of criticism. Maybe this is the voice that, you know, you've heard it so many times from your parents. You just started to believe it. It's the only thing that you can hear. It's the, how you process decision making. You just listen to the voices that other people have put on you. Maybe the people you've dated or friends that you've had. And you just, start to, you just started to believe what they're saying. You know, sometimes it's, it's this voice of like, just conform to the culture. Just conform to what's going on right now. Just, for, just forget about trying to be any different. You know, sometimes it's the voice of condemnation. You know, we have an enemy in the Bible who, who we, the Bible calls, or who the Bible calls the father of lies. And sometimes we can hear these lies and we can actually start to believe it. And you become deafened to the voice of God in your lives. And when you can't hear his voice, you can't sing his song. And you will live life off key. And you now realize right now that everything's just chaotic. And you have too many different voices up there. And so you go to church and you try to hear from God. And you try for like, you know, an hour a week to like, you know, drown out the other voices. And, but really, there's so many other competing things going on. And we wonder why we live such fractured lives. Because we're listening to the voices out there. And the voices over here. And the voices over here. And we're getting pulled over here and here and here. We're deafened by the noise. Can I tell you some good news today? God is not the God of confusion. God doesn't want you to live a splintered life. God actually knows that there are a lot of competing voices. He knows that you're prone to wander over here and over here and over here and over here. And what we need to do is we need to learn to stop the noise that's around us. This is really difficult for me because I love, like, constant stimulation, you know? Like, I want to be listening to, you know, a podcast on my phone, music on the speaker, ESPN on the TV, and then, like, you know, still have a conversation. And uh, I found out, I'm, you know, I'm still learning how to be married. I found out that's, like, not a great, like, formula for, like, a, like a marriage relationship. Just a pro tip for all you guys out there. Um, my wife tells me all the time, let's just turn everything off and let's just talk. And it's in those times where we can actually hear each other. And it's those times where I, I know what she's, I know who her, who her voice is. I learn what she's saying. And it's the same thing with God. You know, for those of you in here who have never heard God, I can already tell you the first thing he'd tell you. He'd tell you, just like we sang about, he's madly in love with you. He'd tell you that these other voices that have come and competed for your heart, competed for your attention, and competed for everything, how has it left you? And he says, listen, they may have left you unsatisfied, but if you go through the gate, if you go through me, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a good life. I'll, I'll give you not only salvation for eternity, to be with God forever, but I'll give you hope and a purpose right now. And if you listen to me, if you, if you like pursue a relationship with me because I'm already in hot pursuit of you, I'll speak to you. You know, in, in the Bible it says if you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. He wants to give you salvation. He wants to give you purpose. He wants to speak to you. He wants to help you in every little thing in your life. 
that you think maybe is too insignificant, too insignificant for God, he wants to speak to you. He wants to be with you. And today, if you've never made that decision, never began a relationship with Jesus for the first time, man, I, I, just, want, I just want to ask you to just consider it today. You know, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, I'm the gate for the sheep. All those who come before me were thieves and robbers. I come to bring life and salvation. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus today, would you just bow your head with me? If everyone could just bow your head and close your eyes. You know, maybe you're here today and you're like, I mean, I don't know the first thing about talking to Jesus, talking to God. The good thing is that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to say the right thing. You just have to come and say, just with this attitude and heart of surrender, like, God, I don't have it all together. But I pray that you just speak to me right now. And so today, I just want to invite you to repeat this prayer after me. This prayer isn't something magical or anything like that. It's just to give you some words to, to talk to God with. Dear God, help. I want to hear your voice. I want you to guide me in my life. I want you to bring me the salvation that you talk about in John chapter 10. I want to hear your voice over the noise. God, I know that you're the gate. I know you're the only way to salvation. So Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for my sin. And because you rose again on the third day, I can have a life. And I can have a relationship with you. Come into my heart. I make you Lord and Savior. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give it up for every person who prayed that prayer for the very first time? Come on, church. Let's, this is one of the most important things you can do. And maybe today, maybe today you need to drown out some of the noise. Maybe today you need to develop some of these spiritual disciplines in your life. Do you know that you can't do it alone? You can't. But God can work through you. When you begin a relationship with Jesus, like the Holy Spirit can actually empower you to do things you never thought possible. And when you get into a group of people, like a growth group, man, watch what God will do with your life. If you're just open to him, God will do amazing things beyond anything you can imagine or think. And so today, I want to encourage you. God wants to, God wants to talk to you. He wants to be with you. The question is, are we listening? And today, I, I want to encourage you as we, as we kind of get ready to worship one more time, uh, I want to invite our ushers to come forward as we, as we take our offering and you know, one of, the, one of the coolest things that we get to do as a church is we get to, you know, participate in what God's doing all around the world. You know, and, all, and we get to participate with what God's doing here in Ventura and Anaheim. And one thing I love is that, you know, some people's prayers is, you know, we can actually impact the people's prayers of, of you know, meeting God. You know, we know that there are people here in Anaheim or in Ventura and Anaheim that are, that are praying for their children to come to know God. There are people that are praying for God just to show up in their life in a big way. And because you get faithfully to this church, we're able to put effort and we're able to put some, some blood, sweat, and tears behind this and say, you know what? We're, we're going to come alongside you and we're going to try to help be the answer to your prayers. And we're going we're gonna to show you that God is real because we believe it so much that we're going to sacrifice for it. So I just want to thank you so much, church, for your generosity. 
And I really do believe that you're making an eternal difference, not only here, not only in Anaheim, but all around the world. And so today, as we give, I just want you to pull out that connection card. And if you're a first-time guest with us, I want to say thank you so much for being with us. Uh, make sure to, to mark first-time guests on that. We'd love to get in contact with you and let you know how you can uh, be a part of this, this amazing community. And uh, maybe today, if you, if you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior for the very first time, there's an option to, on that connection card to, to check that box. And we'd love to you know, get in contact with you and let you know what it means to be a follower of Jesus give you resources in order to help foster that relationship and maybe today you need you need help like beginning and jump-starting your spiritual disciplines there's another thing on there that says I will download the Bible app on my phone man that's that's one of the ways that I I try to keep up with my spiritual disciplines is using the Bible app on my phone and the last thing that you can do is that you can sign up for a growth group on there so look at your growth group menu but today, church, I believe that God wants to speak to us. And so I pray that during this last song, as we worship through our giving and as we worship through our singing, that you will lean into God and ask him what he's trying to tell you today. God, we love you. Thank you that you speak to us. Thank you that you're not some far off distant God who doesn't want anything to do for us. You're a God who loves us. And so God, I pray that today that you would speak to us. I pray that we'd be a people who position ourselves to hear from you. And God, I pray that we worship you with everything we have. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.